Welcome to this edition of My Week with God, a time we take a few minutes to reflect on how God has been active and has shown himself in our midst. I should call this episode My Fortnight with God because I did not produce a piece last week. I was a little overwhelmed and pressed from all sides, but I'm glad that we're here today and we continue with this appointment and this fellowship. I read a piece during the week that spoke about a world full of broken people and how psychologists and counselors have become an integral part of organizations, including corporates, schools, and universities, amongst others. It has become quite commonplace to have a school psychologist or a counseling service as part of a corporate wellness program. Dealing with emotional issues is always very difficult. There is pain, but no physical wounds can be seen. There are silent tears and inward struggles. And very often the one suffering is misunderstood, ignored, or simply just sidelined. In this very busy world, where the next person too has their own load that they're carrying, There is very little patience or tolerance for another's struggles. The option that has been made available is to go and talk to a stranger. And that stranger is the psychologist or the counsellor. Whilst these are trained professionals, and in many instances they do help people get over or deal with their struggles, the broken heart may remain broken for many, many years to come. A heartbreak does not happen only in romantic relationships, but can be in a social relationship, a professional relationship, or even a parent and child relationship. Even at church, this can happen too. Expectations bring us to heartbreak when we expect our spouses to love us endlessly, when we expect our children to honor us, when we expect our bosses to be fair to us and to recognize our efforts, when we expect the church family to be there for us in our times of need, when all these things do not align or don't happen and we feel let down, we feel a pain that leaves us devastated. Our hearts are broken into pieces and our lives seem to crumble before us. We are let down and this hurts very, very badly. God calls us to rely on him because he is dependable. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 calls us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding. Our own understanding leads us to have expectations upon other mortal beings like our spouses and children and bosses. Am I saying that it is not a good thing to have expectations? No, not at all. Of course, the ideal would be that those that go out of, or that we go out of our way for, would also go out of their way for us. Why should my husband not love me to eternity? Or my child not honor me? Or my boss commend me for a job well done? This I expect. And this is what would be ideal. But we know that the world is not ideal. And certainly as Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All these have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. So our spouses will cheat on us and they will abandon us. Our children will lose their way and cause us shame and dishonor. And our bosses will think we are not all that and they will promote someone else less deserving. And such is life. They all fall short of the glory of God and they will break our hearts. Even as this happens, we have a physical support system in psychologists and counselors. And this is awesome. But they could never fill the void that God can mend. Psalms 34 verse 18 says that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. So painful is a broken heart that one feels a physical heaviness in the chest. Many are crying out to the Lord as in Psalms 38 verse 8 saying, I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of turmoil of my heart. Painful as it may be and hopeless as it may seem, God calls us to him that we may be healed through his word. It sounds simplistic, but we seek God in his word. And if we do that, it will bring us peace and cheer. Proverbs 12 verse 25 affirms this saying that anxiety in a man's heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Depression is now almost fashionable. Every other person seems to suffer from it. And sadly, even children too are being found to be depressed. Out of depression are born other social ills such as drug and alcohol abuse and other such addictions, anxiety and panic attacks, and even suicide. The Lord affirms his love and promises to mend the broken pieces and make us whole again. His promise is embedded in Psalms 147 verse 3 and he says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It is very good, in fact, to seek professional help when we find ourselves overwhelmed and at our wits' ends. I certainly encourage us to use these facilities made available to us and there's absolutely no shame in doing so. But for us to be truly healed, we need to seek the Lord and present our broken hearts before him. Broken is not dead. Broken is repairable. You see, broken pencils still write. Broken crayons still color. Broken records still produce a sound. And broken families have produced doctors and lawyers. Broken is not condemned. If the Japanese can mend broken pottery with gold and make them more valuable than the original piece, how much more value will God place on you when he has healed your broken heart? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we find delight in approaching your throne of grace. 
we relish the opportunity to commune with you and to be surrounded by your presence. We thank you, dear Lord, that you continue to keep us and to provide for our every need. Some of us, Lord, have suffered heartbreaks. We looked up to and relied on those in our various circles, but for one reason or the other, they have let us down. Help us to forgive them, Lord, as they are human and are bound to fail. We are also cognizant of the fact that the evil one is on the prowl, looking for one he can devour, and our loved ones may have fallen prey. Above all, Lord, we pray that you heal our broken hearts. We pray for restoration and reconciliation, that we may overcome bitterness and unforgiveness. Dear God, help us, that we may remain in your word, where we find comfort and peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for spiritual awareness that we may not hurt those around us. Keep us in perfect peace, dear Lord, looking up to our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we have prayed. Amen. The Lord does indeed keep us in perfect peace when we seek him. Let's continue to seek the Lord. And let's continue to read his word where we find the assurances that we need to continue on this very difficult journey. Until we meet again next week, be safe and goodbye. Hello dear friends, this is Winnie and thank you for joining me in this week's edition of My Week with God. We thank God for his presence and the many testimonies of how he has appeared in our lives this week. We continue to watch the progression of the coronavirus in different countries. Some seem to have contained it. Others are yet to hit the peak of the infections. And others are experiencing a second wave. We continue to pray that God may bring relief to his people and quell this scourge whose Effects has brought devastation to livelihoods and untold suffering amongst nations. I work in the aviation industry and we are amongst the first economic streams to notice the effects of this pandemic as there was a gradual slowdown in global travel. Soon many countries imposed travel restrictions as a way to arrest and contain the spread of this deadly virus and at that instance most airlines grounded their fleets as they could no longer fly. Not once in my 30-year aviation career did I ever imagine the scenes that were now playing out in our industry. It was unimaginable, let alone believable. With grounded planes and no revenue, airlines soon laid off staff or sent them home on unpaid leave. Together with my colleagues worldwide and industry-wide, we have been at home without salaries for just over three months. It's been really tough for many. My own experience has taught me amazing things about how God works. When we got news of the initial lockdown, we assumed we would be off work for two weeks, maybe three. 
So I carefully planned out my life and my little savings and worked out that I would be okay. At this stage, I didn't really concern God with the situation, as in my mind, we were set and we were good to go. But as though two weeks turned to four, and then six, and then eight weeks, anxiety and fear began to creep in. The prayers became more frequent and more desperate. As you watch your bank balance dwindle with no inflows of income, you become worried and anxious, more so when you are a breadwinner and you have a family looking up to you. One day I got overwhelmed and I called my mom and as I sobbed on the phone, I told her how scared I was and how my savings would not take me very far. At this stage, I had produced the third episode of my podcast and my mom said to me, I thought you were sending out hope to people with your podcasts. Do you not believe them for yourself? I stopped crying immediately as she reminded me of Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 which says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I had shared this text many a times with friends and colleagues And whilst Jesus tells us not to worry, we still worry. I have concluded, if we still have some capacity to address our physical needs, we tend to worry or to fear because we are viewing our challenges from our own ability to solve our issues. But a time comes when our capacity wanes and we are forced to surrender. As my capacity was dwindling, I did ask God if I will make it through. What scared me the most was that I realized that my hope was built on my career and its ability to provide for my physical needs. And with this global pandemic threatening my career, I felt very exposed and vulnerable. I called to God in my distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. This is from Psalms 118 verse 5. I was reminded about the many texts that talk about worry and fear and anxiety. And the Lord set me in a good place where I settled that I shall lack nothing and I shall be at peace. God has been amazing since I surrendered my situation to him. I've had help pour in from friends and family and even from unexpected people. Job describes this aptly in chapter 36 verse 16 and he says, Indeed, he would have brought you out of dire distress into a broad place where there is no restraint and what is set on your table would be full of richness. God indeed has brought me into a place of richness. I have food to eat. I have warm clothes and a warm bed for this winter. I have house supplies and my utilities are paid. I'm reminded of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. 
As Elijah was in the wilderness with no job or supermarket, God provided his daily meals and these were delivered by ravens. How awesome is our God. Even in the dry seasons of our lives, he will send the help that we need. I've seen testimony of this. And in my own season of unemployment, friends and family have provided emotional and physical support. I've had friends call me to pray and that I may be encouraged in this season. The provision has been so amazing. It could only have been the Spirit of God that was at work. My sharing today is a personal testimony and no attempts to brag that my life is okay but of how God has demonstrated to me that he is truly alive in our situations and he cares indeed. I thank all my numerous friends and family from all over the world for their support in this time and my prayer is that God will bless you even more abundantly. I know that there are many who remain challenged in this season. There are many whose situations are quite dire. Difficult as it sounds, surrender your situation to God. In your wilderness, he will send ravens to feed you. Cry out to God in your distress, and God will hear you. Whatever your need is right now, is it financial, emotional, is it your business, school fees, your health, whatever it is, God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. And according to Philippians 4, verse 19, our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. And he is faithful to do just that. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you are a kind and loving Father. You care for us, And sometimes your love overwhelms us because we cannot comprehend your works. We are thankful that when we are in distress, you hear our calls and you answer our prayers. A great many of your people are in challenging seasons because of the ways of this world. Your people are pressed on all sides and some have lost all hope. In their hopelessness, dear Lord, they no longer see you. Send ravens, dear Lord. And let them bear gifts not only of food and drink, but of light and salvation, and of peace and joy. Our faith looks up to you, dear God. Do not leave nor forsake us. May your name forever be praised, for we have prayed believing. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God loves us, dear friends, and his love is immeasurable. Let us allow him to work freely in our lives and let us bear testimony of his great work. Till we meet again next week, stay safe and goodbye.